0: Welcome to Keep Calm and Homeschool On. I am so excited and I'm saying that and then realizing no, I'm not so excited. Let's rephrase. I am so tired, like so tired. It is 12.03 a.m. and I am podcasting and determined to post this tomorrow, even if that means I post a blank blog post just to get it up and out there because I have not done a podcast episode in so long long. So I'm like exhausted. I was going to go to bed, but then I thought it's been so many times I've promised. And so here I am exhausted, less excited than maybe I normally am, but looking forward to the topic today, even though my eyes are drooping. So I apologize if my word, you know, I sometimes like pull words from deep within. Sometimes I'm like shocked. It's like, I don't know where that came from. It happened all the time when I was speaking this year, it was like speaking. And and I would get to this point where I was like, I literally, Really don't know what's gonna come out of my mouth and then something would just pop out and I was like oh it was a good word and then you just think back to all those times that you read those books that had different words I used to read a thesaurus for fun I seriously did um, anyways random facts about Rebecca that you now know <laughs> okay so today's episode is about balance And I know I talk about balance a lot, but this isn't balancing home and work and homemaking. This is actually talking about the balance between this desire that we have to give our kids an organic and free education, to be relaxed homeschoolers, to be more Charlotte Mason, to go with their interests, to go with the flow, to work at our child's pace, to not push them. That whole philosophy and idea of homeschooling that's prevalent, I think, right now in our homeschool culture but balancing that with also both our inner kind of desire to to check off boxes that type a personality but also with requirements because sometimes there are requirements like state testing or um you know, you live somewhere where you have to give a lot of proof or whatever. So there's requirements that we're trying to meet. And so that paired together with our own kind of type a, I need to do it. I need to do the curriculum and we need to be on par with where we should be. It sometimes derails us from what we want. So it's this war, this war between our head and our heart and that is what I want to talk about today. So if this relates to you, if you have felt this way at any point, then you're definitely going to want to go grab coffee. I just feel like I need coffee right now and therefore all of you must as well. So grab yourself some coffee. I'm dreaming about that coffee tomorrow morning and then we will get started. Okay, so shout out to Lindsay, who gave me the idea for this podcast episode when she emailed me and asked my advice about this, and I was just like, well, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast episode, and that's why I'm doing this, Lindsay, for you at 12.07 a.m. Okay, so... This is a tough topic. I, I wish I could just dive in. I wish I had the five steps to, you know, I really do. I wish I could package it up pretty with a bow and, and tell you exactly what you need to do to just work this out in your head. Because that's really what it is. Let's just give you a solution that you can work this out in your head so that you can you can find a way, find a way to balance that. But it's just not as easy as that. Everybody's situation is different and it is, it's difficult. It's not just something you can tell somebody, hey, just change your expectations, change your own inner desire to get it all done, to check off the boxes you just can't do that. It's one of the things I said, I don't even think I said it at all of them, but one of the conventions I spoke at in Alberta, um, just, I so felt it so passionately in that moment. And so I just went with it, but is, is that we have a tendency to say, especially as homeschoolers, you know, look, I'm, I'm over here. And then we talk to somebody who's on the other side. Okay. So somebody who's, who's not where we are in our journey and, and they come to us and they say, what do I do to get to where you are? And we just say, well, you just do it. You just need to be where I am. Where I am is the best. And so if you could just pack up everything and be here today, that would be great. But but there was a journey that that person took to get there. And there's going to be a journey for the next person to take to get there. Listen, I was the most type A person. And and sometimes I wonder as I walked down the stairs to do this podcast, I was like, I'm telling everybody I'm type A, but yet my house is in shambles. I feel like a type A, a true type A person could not live like I live. In one way, I'm very type A. Um, In, in another way, in my intensity and everything else, I like to check off the list. I like things done a certain way. But in some ways, I'm so much that, that I actually, just do nothing if I can't have that so as soon as I have an off day which happens you know day two then I'm done I'm just done like I failed so what's the point so that perfectionist mentality it just makes me kind of my house like what's what is the point you guys that's that's the point I'm at like what is the point because the very next second it's destroyed I'm done I just anyways okay this is not Rebecca Day but what I'm trying to say is that What I was when I first started homeschooling with all the little desks and all the little books and and trying to get my kids to read and pushing them and pushing them and pushing them and and they would be crying and I would be crying and I felt like a failure and it wasn't what I wanted and I knew it wasn't what I wanted. I knew it wasn't what I wanted. In that moment, it's not like I was oblivious to the fact that this was not what I expected homeschooling to be. I could go read the blogs. I could go listen to the podcasts or the YouTube videos. I could hear the people talking and I could say, yes, that's what I want. But I could not magically create that within myself. I could not create that in my homeschool because I was the person that I was in that season. So we can't be hopeless and just say, well, this is who I am. I'm just going to stay this way forever. Obviously not. And so I do want to give you some practical tips and I do want to talk practically, but I feel like I need to preface that with first just laying this groundwork that that nobody who is where I was is going to be where I am, which is now Charlotte Mason relax slash unschooling for the most part. I've just given up on everything, but, but really I'm so much more relaxed and free in my homeschool, but, but this took me eight years to get to eight painful years, eight years of making a lot of mistakes. I've made so many mistakes. It has not been a painless journey. It's not been a wonderful journey all the time. It has been a, 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 a journey with perils and with scars, and not just scars for myself, but scars for my children. And the reality is, is that while I want to say, you know, I want to tell you how you can avoid all that and just give you the the three step plan. I know that those scars and those failures were what inspired me and propelled me and pushed me to be who I am today. I would not be the person that I am today if I did not have the experiences that I did. If I did not have the chaos of five kids and managing all their different ages and stages and I'm nursing and I've got diapers, I I never would be as free and relaxed as I am now because I would have been able to be more on top of things. I would have been able to maintain my level of control that I wanted. Therefore, there would be nothing propelling me. I could have sustained that without losing my mind. Now, because I had five children and life was chaos and kids were, you know, opening up beanbag chairs and coloring with paint all over my room and peeing on things and getting into baths when they were dressed. I mean, it was chaos. It was chaos. And because of that, I was forced to come to this place of hitting the wall over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm a stubborn person. I'm like a like a woodpecker. It just, just, it, it just was never enough. I just had to keep hitting the wall, you guys. It was painful. I don't want you to hit the wall. But sometimes sometimes that's what we need and it's like this this super random little like picture is coming to my head right now i'm going to share it with you guys but you know when your kids have growing pains and one of the things we tell them is that the the way that growing actually works, I actually remember when my kids were babies and I would go into the health nurse and she would say, you know, this is what happens. They put on a bunch of weight. So they're really, really chubby, which some of mine just never got chubby. They were super small, but some of them did. Okay. I had a couple of them. And so they would get chubby and then it would stimulate essentially the ends of their bones needed to be stimulated and then they would grow and there's something about that pressure there's something about there's something that happens in the pressure there's something that happens when you whack your head against the wall over and over and over and you say this is not what I want this is not what I want how do I get there and you try this way and that way and eventually you kind of figure it out for yourself so I'm not trying to be hopeless here. I'm trying to actually give you hope. You can get to where I am, but sometimes your situation, your personality, your kids are different. In fact, I would say most of the time, your situation, personality, and kids are going to be different than mine. And so my answers and suggestions, though I'm going to try to give you a broad range it's, it's not going to apply for everybody. And everybody has to kind of find their own path to to an extent. And though I am so passionate about... Helping tonight what I was working on until 12 o'clock was I'm planning out my speaking kind of tour for 2020. And so I am starting to put together all of my sessions for 2020. And of course, I want them to be new and fresh and exciting. And so I've been sitting here trying to think of really compelling titles and really amazing um, little descriptions to them that really, you know, pull you in and are inspiring and are going to be helpful and so I'm thinking of all of these different things and what what can I help and what are the greatest problems I see homeschoolers facing and and how can I help address these things but here's the reality is that I can come up with all the points all the handouts all the sessions in the world all the podcast episodes all the blog posts but for all of us we have a tendency to search and look to everybody else to give us the answers. And I'm not I'm not trying to My husband always tries to, you know, pull me back. He says I'm too sometimes harsh and then come across negative. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm really, really not. But there's this part of me that's just kind of like, "Okay, I want to equip you. I want to give you tools, but but listen, the day is going to come. It has to come. For you to truly find the homeschool freedom that you are desiring. For you to stop looking to the book, to stop looking to the speaker, to stop looking to your friends and start making your own decisions. Because when you're basing your decision on what somebody else says, it's never truly yours and you never truly get to expand and 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 feel that out which i don't even know what what i'm trying to say here it's like it's like when you when you are forced to truly make your own decision then you own that more. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm just, I'm picturing, like, I, I don't know what I'm picturing. I, I'm too tired to make some sort of really amazing picture to go along with this and, and give you some sort of a analogy. But you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. This is a really long preface. This is 12 minutes of a preface to my topic. So whoo, we're going to get into it. Apparently, I'm rambly when it's 12 o'clock. I'm also kind of silly, so we're going to zone in here, guys. Okay, so let's talk about this. I'm going to actually read the section of the email from Lindsay, and and then I'm going to give you just a couple little points, and then I'm going to say, go do your thing. And if you do listen to this early in the morning, I'm going to be you know, looking less zombie-ish because I have to, because I am going to be doing an interview on the Moms of Master Books page about my new Bob curriculum, which let's just throw that in there right now. Uh, Did you know that it was out? Because if you didn't, then now you do. And it is amazing. Anyways, I have a live video all about it. I will link to that in the blog post whenever the blog post is done. For now, if you go to the blog post, it may be empty because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to get up tomorrow and de-zombify and then do a live video and then work on this blog post. So if you're a keener, you'll see a blank page. And you know what? That's basically a virtual high five, and it means you're a keener. So um, welcome to the special keener circle. Okay, here's the email. You talk a lot about accepting your kids where they are and removing heavy burdens and expectations that they live up to the long list of requirements that public schools are mandated by. I absolutely love this idea, but I have such a hard time with it in practice, as do we all. Seriously, we all do. So just a little side note there, Lindsay. You are not alone, okay? You're not like, I have all the answers. and I'm like, oh, poor Lindsay, patting you on the head. No, I'm sitting here like... Preach it, sister. I, I I feel you. My oldest is starting third grade, and this will be our first year where we have to comply with mandatory testing. Mandatory testing and me have a very negative relationship, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that and continue reading. Do you have those sorts of requirements where you live? Uh, yes, I will talk about that as well. If so, how do you balance the practice of working at your child's pace and not pushing hard to get them to a certain level academically with worrying and about and preparing for state tests? I'm a box checker and curriculum guide follower and have such a hard time breaking free of that, but so badly want to be better at being willing to break away from the checklist when one of my children has an interest that leads them down an amazing rabbit trail of interest intrigue, and organic learning. Side note, Lindsay, you should start a blog. Please tell me how do you do it? Okay. So point one that I just wanted to make, and by the way, this isn't steps or anything, or it's just my my thoughts. So thought number one that I have on this is what does a state test even mean? Like, and I actually am, I'm actually... I'm truly asking you this, this is not facetious, and uh, though it could be, but I'm not going to do allow it to be. Instead, I'm going to say, what does it mean for you? Because I know that it's different in different states. I know that um, I, what I'm going to share about how it works for me, I'm going to share that. Um, but I just know it's different. So what I'm curious to know is what does it actually mean? Does it mean is there, is there some sort of requirement? Is there someone that follows up with that? Is it just for, you know, your national averages? Like what, what happens after you do that test? Who is looking at that and what do they do with that information? So for example, I'm going to do point number two here which is how it works where I live. So I am in BC, Canada. So BC, Canada has two options. You can either go the distant learning option, which the closest relative I can find to that in the United States is a charter school. Essentially, I still have a personal education number for my student. My my student, my child is, is actually considered enrolled in a school. Now, what's different here is the school I'm enrolled with is a Christian school. So I still can choose all my own curriculum. Um, I can choose Christian curriculum. I still teach my children at home, but I do have to meet outcomes and I do, um, I have to kind of keep up with those outcomes or we have to have an alternate plan if a child is behind and yes, there is. Um, for us, it's federal testing. So grades four and grade seven, and then in the higher grades, they have federal testing that is required if they're enrolled or in a school. And it's this massive test that is absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion. I did the grade four one with my son this last year, and I'm like, like, there's no way. I I did it with my daughter a couple years ago, and there's like, there was no possible way she could even like the questions were so much higher than a grade four level so much higher so it's a ridiculous test first of all and the test is only used to essentially create a national average we uh, barely even get the results I didn't even get it from my daughter I think we can get them if we try to get them but it's it's like it means nothing to actually us The only thing it means it's mandatory is that they use that to create, oh, this is the line that we're all trying to meet. So they use that to actually create curriculum. They use that to actually decide um, and rank schools so they can rank homeschoolers based on that and they can rank, you know, public schools, private schools, and that's how they kind of decide how well a school is doing. So that is the purpose behind the testing. So my question is like, what is the purpose behind the testing? Because if it is going to be evaluated by someone who is going to decide if you are a good educator for your child and you are dealing with, you know, you're dealing with child protective services or something like that that could potentially take your kids away if they decide that you are not meeting outcomes or you're falling behind or you're I mean some states are like that right and I'm not sure what your testing necessarily means if you are dealing with something like that then I take that obviously much more seriously if you are taking this test for the sake of just some some national average and some arbitrary line then why are we killing ourselves and pushing our kids to look good when actually nobody Nobody actually cares about those results. Your child is literally a number in the system and it means nothing to them if that is the case. So, so that's my first question to ask yourself is what are they going to do with this information and what how does this reflect upon me or my child? Um, or not. Because if it's not reflecting on you or your child, then you just take that, you do what you have to do because you have to do it. And then you walk away and you never look back and you never ever, like for example, my kids do have report cards. They don't know that those exist. They've never seen them. They, they have no idea. I, I just, I would never show them. It is like the, the most horrific indicator of their intelligence or where they are, it means nothing to me. And it should mean nothing to them. I know where my kids are at. I know that it doesn't matter if my son got a C because he's, he's defined as being behind in math because he's actually doing just great. And he's getting through his school books. I don't care if he doesn't meet an outcome he's supposed to meet. He's doing his school books and he's at grade level. I know that he's ahead grade level in most of his things. So for him to get discouraged by and you know, like it's just so dumb to me. So I hate all of that stuff. But again, this is just me. Some of you are sitting there and I know this, you're not at this place in your journey. And so you're hearing this and it's just discouraging to you because you're like, yeah, but I'm not there. I understand that. I understand that not everybody is where I am. And so um, I'm just trying to give you I'm trying to help you ask these kind of questions for yourself, if that makes sense. The other option that we have just to kind of finish off what it's like where I live is that you can be just registered. And when you are registered... Um, you, you don't have an education number. You are not with a school. You don't have a teacher assigned to you. You get no funding. So if you are with the school, you get like a thousand dollars per kid that you can use towards curriculum and stuff. Um, but you have these outcomes and reporting and different things. If you're not with a school, you have no requirements. Um, but you, you don't get any funding either. And you still are just like anywhere else kids are, are given the right to an education. So if anyone decided to report you at any time to say your kids are just goofing off all day long and not doing school, then it could be investigated. So there is still an element of needing to, in this culture that we live in, keep a record of what you're doing so that if you are ever faced with a situation like that, you are prepared. So now I'm obviously talking like outside expectations. I'm not talking about our own expectations, but I think that's important to note at this point, just because I know that that's also important. That's hugely important. You guys, that's so important. And it is a problem. And if you have not thought about that problem, then you need to, and you know, you can look up things like HSLDA, which is legal defense for homeschoolers, because this is a problem. It's a, it's a problem that we literally have a legal defense association that helps to defend homeschoolers when this kind of stuff comes up, because it does. So something like that, that you know that you have protection and and keeping records, even if you have no requirements whatsoever, so that you are prepared because the outside world has expectations on us, not just our own. So let's go back to our own expectations. So as far as As far as this desire for within us of wanting to do all the things but feeling pulled and wanting our kids to not be behind to all of that stuff, I think we have to start asking ourselves those questions. I think we have to start really um, looking at why we're doing this and asking ourselves, why am I doing this? And then when you feel that pressure and anxiety and stress to meet some sort of an outcome for the purpose of your child not being behind, then asking yourself, why do I feel this way? Where is this coming from? Is this coming from fear of him being behind? Well, why am I afraid of him being behind? Because I'm worried that if I one day put him in school or he meets my sister-in-law, that she's gonna judge me. So really what all that stems from, and, and again, I'm not putting this on anybody and saying you guys are prideful. I am prideful. I'll tell you that right now. I absolutely do struggle with this. Yeah, heck yeah. I want somebody to quiz my kid and I want them to make me look good. Make me look good, okay? Like, like it's so embarrassing because of how free I am as a homeschooler with, and not just homeschooler, as a blogger. And my kids hear me talking to you guys, and they see me doing videos of how messy our house is, and we make I make comments all the time to you guys about how hashtag they're homeschooled. Like, I just I make fun of it. Essentially, my kids do the same thing now, and I'm like, you make me look bad in public. You're like, oh yeah, mom, she like basically doesn't do anything. Like, like, like just stop. Sh- Stop talking. It's so embarrassing. Um, anyways, so I I'm all of us, we have to ask ourselves that question. Why do we care about this? Is it because we care what people think of us? Is it because we are called to this? Like this is the kind of questions we have to ask ourselves. And what is most important to you? If what is most important to you is academics, then you can't really get away with it. You can't, it is something that's important to you and you can tell yourself it shouldn't be because the world says it should be more free, but it doesn't matter what the world says. It matters what is important to you. What is your value? And sometimes it's not even your value, it's your husband's value. If it is important to you guys that your kids have a strong academic foundation, if it is important to you that your kids are, are set up well for life, have good grades, can get into a good college, if that is a high value of yours, then that is just gonna be something that you kind of have to work with because you can change your value system, but that's a lot harder than just changing superficial expectations. Do you know what I'm saying? So these are the the kind of questions you have to ask yourself. Why are you doing this? See, for me, I do know that part of it is pride. I know that I care what other people think of me. I also know that part of it is I actually do care whether or not my kids are behind or ahead. I do want them to be smart. I do want when they graduate for me to not feel like I failed them because of my lack of consistency or my lack in any area that they now cannot do what they want to do or are behind and it's because of me. So I do care greatly about my kids' academics. I do. It is one of my values. But when I look at my biggest values, what trumps that heads like to uh, tales I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, remember it's 12:29 now. Um but what trump's that is that that my kids have a relationship with each other and with us that my kids will talk to us because they're going to go through all sorts of things in their lives and if they don't talk to us oh you got a good you know, you got a good f- foundation. You have good academic, whatever, and now you go to university or college and you never talk to us again and you, you know, get into all sorts of different things. Like, no, what what is important to me is that you have a relationship that we can talk. What's important to me, most important to me, is you have a relationship with God. And again, you guys have to remember, I'm a fatalist. So there's always this part of me that's like, you know, the rapture is going to come. I I was, this is, this is what we grew up in. Somebody out there is like, amen, because we grew up in like Y2K left behind. Yeah. Yeah. Someone out there. We were just talking about this the other day, my husband, I, and my friends, because this, like, this is what we grew up in. The world was going to end, you guys. We were going to be raptured. The mark of the beast was coming. I mean, like, like the world was going to go, like we were preparing, we had stockpiles. My mom had like a little, a little jewelry box and we were saving toonies and loonies for when the world ended. Okay. It was like, it was going to happen. And so I grew up with this, this kind of, this, this thing that, that at any moment the rapture could happen. And really at that, in that moment, what matters? in that moment, and not even rapture moment. but But when we're talking about eternity, when you have a kingdom mindset with your kids where you can look at it in a much bigger eternal perspective, not just in the here and now and their future, listen, they will be able to do whatever they want to do. Even if you do fail them, they will be able to do what they wanna do. If they wanna get into college or university and they don't have the reading or the math skills that they need, well, then they're gonna get them and they're going to go to college or university because they want to. And better it be that way than us spoon feeding them. Anyways, I see. I'm going to. Yeah, I have a lot of tangents. I could go on. I actually do try to hold myself back because I know that my husband would be like, Rebecca. Okay. I don't even know where we were going with that. Um, okay. Report everything. <laughs> So when you are struggling with that, with seeing academics, with seeing learning happening in those everyday moments, then report it. And I don't even mean report it for like, you know, authorities. I mean, report it for yourself. I mean, sit down and keep a log of everything they're doing and keep a log of all those learning moments that happen outside of the workbooks because it's going to help to shift your perspective from academics and learning happening only when there's workbooks and the guide and you're going to start to see how much learning is happening in your everyday life and that's when you are going to see that shift in your values that shift in your expectations because you're going to start to value and appreciate even the unschooling moments the moments where you go on a walk the moments where you run with their interests and you're going to see all those connections. So write it all down. I mean, my husband has been, um, you know, he goes for a drive with my son who is a very reluctant reader and he's been getting him to read signs and they make a game of it and they have to do it really fast because of course the vehicle is moving fast and so they have to do it quickly and he's got to read it and, and you know, like so many things that you can bring in this connection with math and counting and, and so starting to see and write them down, write them all down, keep a journal, have a little notebook you carry with you because that will help you begin to see The value in it. Um, The other thing that you can do is that when you find your child has an interest, we're talking about following their interests more, making it more personalized of an education. Well, when you're talking about following your child's interests, then you can take their interest, you can capitalize on it, and you can actually do your academics and your bookwork and tie your, their interest into that. Now, that's actually opposite from what we're talking about, like child-directed learning, unschooling. Unschooling, you take their interests and you create, create, Create um, all their learning around it. Now I'm talking about you can still use workbooks so that you don't go insane and want to run away. You can still use workbooks and curriculum, but you can tie their interests into that. So for example, if you were doing a math lesson and, you know, my daughter's obsessed with cats, well then I can bring cats into it and we can do everything with cats. If if my daughter is doing a math lesson and she loves cooking, well now let's do some cooking to illustrate this fraction or decimal concept or you know what I mean? So you can start to bring their interest into their subjects. If they're interested in um, robotics then you can do the history of robotics and now you're bringing in history right so you can you can actually do that through their subjects and you'll start to see these little things you'll be doing a read aloud you'll be doing a subject and you'll start to see a connection point and you just have to look for those connection points where you can tie their interest in that then helps pull your child in and tailors it but still while using the structure of your curriculum if that makes sense. Another thing is not pushing them too hard. That whole idea of not pushing them too hard is, it, that's a difficult one because that should be the norm, but it isn't the norm. See in school, we're talking about like not having the, the pressure of school. The thing is in school, they actually don't push your kids very hard. I mean, there might be some private schools that do that you pay for, but most of our public school system now, there's not even hardly report cards or grading. They're just pushing your kids through. And so year after year after year, they get their little gold star and they get pushed through. And even if they don't do super well, I mean, here they're actually even removing grade marks for especially some of the younger grades. And now it's just like they're meeting or exceeding or, you know what I mean? So they're, they're removing all of that. We don't want any kids to get depressed. And so we just kind of keep pushing kids through. So they actually are not, (laughs) they are not pushing them too hard. Whereas at home, somehow the expectation is all of a sudden, and this is what frustrates me, This, this injustice in this, is that I know what kids are learning in school and I know where kids in school are at. I know where they're at. I, I know people who are in the school system and there is no... Possible way that they are at the point that they're expecting homeschoolers to be, and I don't understand this expectation. I don't understand this expectation from other people, I don't understand the expectation from the government, from testing, from whatever, from schools. The pressure that they put on homeschoolers is so much more than what they're even facing in a public school setting. It's just, it's, it's. Honestly, it's ridiculous. And the whole conspiracy theorist of me, which is not conspiracy theorist of me, because as a Christian, I feel like it is, you just can know, right? You can just see and sense like the enemy is after homeschools, you guys. Like he is. He doesn't want us homeschooling our kids. He doesn't want our kids to be growing up in in the ways of God. He doesn't want that. And so he's after it. And if he can't get it from inside us with our own thoughts and insecurities and, and lies about ourselves and, 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 you know, focusing on our failures and filling us with guilt and all those things, which he is trying to do. And he's attacking our marriages and he's attacking our kids. He's attacking attitudes. He's attacking everything he possibly can because that's what he does. He's sneaky. Right, but at the same time, he's going after homeschooling in general, and he's trying to make it harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. And so, I'm not saying like go look under a rock and everywhere you look, it's it's the devil. I'm not saying that, but I am saying let's let's also be realistic here. Homeschooling part of the reason that it's so challenging, part of the reason that there's this this expectation placed on homeschoolers that is not just because it's not what's placed on everybody else, is because on um, because the enemy's after homeschooling, he is. And so I think it's just something we have to anticipate and be aware of. Um, but as far as not pushing our kids too much, really, you have to start to see it as you're not pushing them to, you're not pushing them to achieve more or to be more. You have to start to switch it and be like, I want to advocate for my child's innocence and love of learning more than their results. Okay. So for example, my daughter is super behind. She is very disconnected with anything that I try to teach her. I read something and she doesn't process it. She doesn't listen. Um, and even when she tries to listen, she doesn't process any sort of pressure. She doesn't process it. Um, she just doesn't really care. And if I look through her workbooks, even when she does stuff independently and she just works through it really fast, she's not really grasping or understanding any of the concepts. She doesn't understand anything abstract. And so we're dealing with something. We definitely are dealing with something. And we finally have decided this year that we are going to be getting her tested and start to identify at least what we're working with. But we're definitely dealing with something. There is a block that is happening that is more than just disinterest, interest, that is more than the curriculum, that is more than homeschool style. We are dealing with something and I need to know what it is so I can feel like I can find some some ways of moving past and some ways of of maybe tweaking my own approach, if that makes sense. But one of the things with her is that she she has an innocence about her. You know, she, she rolls on the floor like a cat, plays with her cat. She plays with her little sisters and they pretend to be horses and they put leashes on and pull each other and all of these things. And there's something in that well, one sense. I'm like, okay, it's, it's immature. Like, come on. Okay. You're 10 grow up. Like, like it's immature. But the other side of me is like, this is, there is an innocence about her that when I push her to grow up, to stop, you know, do your bookwork, I'm not protecting that innocence in her. I, I am not facilitating a love of learning in her. And so <sighs> I have to kind of find my focus of what is most important to me and what is most important that I advocate and fill in her and then realize that if we are dealing with some reasons that that she is either disinterested, maybe she, maybe one of my other kids would be bored with the curriculum. Maybe I would be dealing with a child who, you know, just can't do that. And so the more and more and more I push him, the more I'm just destroying their love of learning. I'm destroying their the the spark of this whole experience. And so when it comes to pushing our kids, I think we need to see it differently. I think we need to sometimes we think of pushing our kids as helping them. We're helping them. You know, they're behind and we are going to help them, we're gonna promote them them into what they need to do and, and who they need to be. But almost always, at least in my own experience, almost always that ends in, in their, their love of learning being destroyed and their passion, you know, diminishing and loss of connection between me and my child and so I see negative effects from it almost every single time and I think there's got to be a different way than pushing. Instead of pushing we need to start inspiring. Instead of pushing we need to start promoting. Instead of um, pushing our kids we need to start you know just, just, just giving them a little taste of it. And then, and then pulling them in, we need to start bringing in wonder and curiosity and all of these things to help them own it and want to learn more rather than trying to push them to do more or be more because they don't even really actually retain or do it in that case. So, I mean, it's easy to say, right? It's easy to say we need to stop doing these things. We need to start doing these things. But again, remember that where you're at in your journey, is not probably going to be where I'm at and that it takes time. And so you're going to have to start asking yourself those questions every time you face a block, every time you hit your head against the wall, every time you're frustrated, every time you feel dissatisfied with your homeschool. You need to come again and again and again and again. You need to ask yourself the questions. Why isn't this working? Why do I feel this way? Why am I frustrated? Why do I feel pressure? Who is putting this pressure on me? Is it coming from other people? Is it coming from myself? And start to ask yourself those questions and pray about it and really seek what you are supposed to be doing, who your child is, and and what is most important to you and how you can create and facilitate that in your homeschool. So that's my response and I hope it was helpful and not just pie in the sky because that's, that's one of the things I'm the most passionate about is I never want to give you guys pie in the sky answers. I never want to just throw out some, you know, random big things that sound good, but you can't do anything with. I want to give you practical things that you feel like you can walk away and implement and I want to give you real advice and I also want to give you those real glimpses into my own life that man I do not have all the answers and it is not perfect in my life and I'm still hitting my head against the wall all the time and figuring it out so I I hope that it was encouraging if you have questions if you have something else that you would like to see on this podcast If you, you know, I actually really love answering questions like this because I've been, part of my reason I've been delaying podcasting is because I just haven't even known what to talk about anymore. I feel like, I don't know, I just have felt like I've said it all. So I love answering your guys' questions. So come to my podcast or send me an email, Rebecca at homeschoolon.com. And send it to me. I would love to see your questions, um, and I will try to do a pod or a blog post about this, where I have additional links and information and stuff like that. So stay tuned for that. Um, but otherwise, you guys, yes, more than words is out. And it is amazing. I probably will do a podcast episode on that as well and just my heart behind it. But it's a Bible curriculum for kids and I did a live video on that that I will link, but it's on my Facebook page. I'm doing another live video on the Moms and Master Books page. Um, I guess, what day is tomorrow? Tuesday, Tuesday, July 23rd. Oh, it already is tomorrow, (laughs) in a few hours. Um, so anyway, so if you do catch this early enough, you might be able to catch that. Um, but yeah, so I'm very, very excited about it. And I do have a giveaway going on every month. I'm going to choose a new winner in my more than words, K to three Bible curriculum, Facebook group. Um, I'll do it live where I choose a winner to win a $25 Amazon gift card. All you have to do is post a review. So if you already have it and you love it and you're excited about it, post a review Barnes and Noble. I just looked and it is available there by the way for anyone that hasn't been able to get it and it is you can post a review there no one has you can post it at christianbook.com or you can post it at amazon.com or .ca and you can even copy and paste the same review and get multiple entries so just email it to me rebecca at homeschoolon.com with the link to your review and um and i will enter you guys in the giveaway and then come join the group. So you can see if you won, but I'll also email you if you do. So I'm really excited about that. And, um, and yeah, and if you guys are needing more encouragement and support and any of that stuff, it's limited time, which I hate doing on my podcast, but I'll throw it in there. There is an online homeschool convention happening right now. It's 25 bucks, which is way cheaper than any homeschool convention you're ever going to go to. And you get over 60 sessions and I have two sessions that are in there and it's done like a course. So you could just log in and you, can see day one of it day two of it day three of it and all the videos there and you have lifetime access to them so if you don't have time right now you just want to go watch mine or you want to go watch somebody else's you can just pick through choose the ones that are relevant and save the rest of them for next year or the next time you feel like you're feeling low or discouraged or whatever so there's tons of freebies there's um, free printables and all sorts of resources available with it as well so I will post the link to that or you can go to Here's the link ready homeschoolon.com forward slash go forward slash back to the number two home all together, all one word, unless there's a slash in there. Okay. So anyways, but I will post the link on, on whenever I get to this blog post stay tuned. Okay. You guys, I hope you have an awesome day slash summer slash whatever. On, um, I am planning my speaking tour. So if you want to see me at a convention near you, or you just want to help me out, request me specifically request me in Oregon is one of the ones I'm looking at. Um, maybe Arizona is another one I'm looking at and I just sent them an email. And where was the other one? I was looking at, I think it was Indiana. So anyways, send some emails out and request me. And if you live near any of those places, you may see me show up at a you know state or province near you. So I'm super excited about that. But otherwise, have an amazing week slash summer. And we will talk to you guys next time I pop on here. Hopefully next week. One can hope, right? See you later.